0: We've just got back, our family's just got back from a two-week vacation. It's been really nice to be away and not to have to work. And I'm just really thankful for the leadership here that has allowed us to do that. It's, it's actually a fairly rare thing for a church planter to have a holiday in the first year of church planting, and the reason we've been able to do that is because we have so many gifted leaders, leaders available, and I just want to thank Brian, who's really been steering the ship for the last two weeks. Thank you, brother, for your preaching and your leadership Uh, I listened to last week's message on the podcast, and uh, it was good. I was convicted. I I know a number of you guys were as well as we wrestled with that issues of trusting God and anxiety. And so thank you, brother, for your your gift and blessing us with that. We're going to be looking at Luke 17 this morning. This morning is possibly the shortest sermon I'll ever preach at Anchor. I don't make any promises, but it's going to be a quick one because I want to spend some time saying thank you to uh, some people this morning. So if you've got a Bible... Go ahead, open it up to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to pray and read for us, and uh, we're going to get into it. So join me as I pray. Father God, we thank you that you speak through your word. We thank you that you're a God who is not silent. And Father, we thank you this morning that you're a God who is worthy of our praise, of our worship, of our thanks, because of every good thing that you have done in our lives, in this church, and in this city. You are worthy, our Lord and God. Because you have created every single thing. All glory, praise and honor be to you, Father. We pray this morning you would stir our hearts towards thanks and praise. And we pray it in Jesus' strong name. Amen. Let's go Luke 17. We're going to start at verse 11. A story of the, the ten lepers that get healed by Jesus. So Luke chapter 17, starting at verse 11, says this. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice and fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, Were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return to give thanks, to give praise to God, except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. There are a number of themes that emerge from this passage. Themes like the fact that the gospel is for everyone, it's, it's for people, including those who are. Uh, socially and racially marginalised on the outsides of society. Themes like the the power and compassion of Jesus. Themes like the necessity of faith. But this morning, the theme I want to draw out of this encounter is the theme of thankfulness and gratitude. And that's where we're going to camp out this morning. There are 10 lepers who go to Jesus for healing. It's obvious why they go there. They've got a skin condition. Leprosy is just sort of this... Catch all phrase for a whole bunch of different skin conditions. And so these people, men or women, we're not too sure, have leprosy and they're socially isolated. They're living on the outskirts of this region. Jesus is traveling on the border of uh, two cities, uh, two nations, Samaria and Galilee, and, and he approaches the, ex, the outsides of this village, and, and these lepers live there because neither city wants them. And so they're living on the outskirts of this city. Outside of the safety of the city wall, away from community, away from family, unable to worship their God. And as long as these lepers have this skin skin condition, they're considered to be untouchables. So desperate are they for healing that when they see Jesus coming, they approach. They still keep their distance, but they approach. Normally, as you would walk through the hill area where the lepers would live, you would hear lepers crying out, unclean, unclean, stay away. But this day, as Jesus and his disciples walk, you hear cries of, Jesus, Master, have mercy. These lepers are desperate for Jesus to come and heal them. And he doesn't. Instead, he says to them, you need to go and show yourself to the priests. Now, that might seem odd at first. Why not send them to the doctor So the doctor would, you know, check their condition and give them the thumbs up. Well, really, the issue here isn't so much about health and and, uh, infection. The issue here is about the ability to worship God. It's about ceremonial cleanliness and purity. And so in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant law, after your healing had taken place, you were to go and show yourself to the priest. And the priest would either give you the thumbs up or the thumbs down about whether or not you could come back and worship God. In the temple. And so Jesus says, Go back to the priest, show yourself to the priest. And in faith they go. And on the way, as they're walking towards the temple, healing falls on these ten lepers. So imagine that moment as you were walking, and you you just saw your skin changing and, and the, the sores and the wounds that were there, the, the flakiness that was there just began to disappear. Imagine that moment of joy. As you're walking towards the temple, you know what lies ahead. You know that the priest is going to say, Yes, you can go back to your family. You can go back to the community. You can come back into the city. You can come back to worship God. What a moment of joy for these ten lepers. But one of them doubles back. Have a look at verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he had been healed... Turned back and praising God with a loud voice, he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving thanks. It's only fitting, isn't it? After what Jesus has done for these people, that they would come back and fall at Jesus' feet and give him thanks and praise and, and honor for what he had done. But there were 10 lepers that were healed that day, and only one of them returned. And sadly, there were 10 that were healed and it seems only one that was saved. This encounter highlights the tragedy of ungratefulness, that these nine have missed out on what the one received because he came back to give thanks to Jesus. A few years ago, my cousin Josh, who lives in Cape Town, was at the beach with his, uh, with his family, and um, he noticed a guy who was drowning. Josh was quite a good swimmer, competitive swimmer, competitive water polo player, Big guy, six foot plus, well built, fit, healthy. And he rushed out to swim out to rescue this guy. And he got out there. The guy was quite large. And he just started climbing on my cousin and and pushing him down. Uh, The guy was panicking and freaking out. And so my cousin just really had to manhandle him, put him in a headlock, floated him on his back. And he realized that he wasn't strong enough, even though he was a really good swimmer, he wasn't strong enough to swim against the rip and get this guy back to shore. And so what he did is he went with the rip out to sea, around the headland and all the way back into the the neighboring beach. It was about a 30-minute swim. He eventually got this guy onto shore, dragged this guy up to shore. The guy got up and walked away. Not a word. Not a word. Not even thank you. You just think, like, the guy would have drowned. He literally would have drowned if Josh hadn't gone out and rescued him and he walks away and he doesn't even say thanks. Now, To be fair, he may have been in shock. We don't really know. But unthankfulness is such an ugly attitude to have when someone does something like that, when someone heals and restores and rescues. The only appropriate response seems to be one of thankfulness. And Jesus simultaneously commends the one and condemns the nine for their ungrateful attitude. You know, I think this, this passage, this story, begs the question of us, of how we have responded to Jesus, how we have responded to what He has done for us. It's worth pausing, isn't it? Asking, what has Jesus done for you? What has God done for you? What has He done? I mean, He's, he's rescued you. He's redeemed you. He's reconciled you. He's ransomed His life for you. He's saved you. He's adopted you. He's called you to be His. He's poured His Spirit out into your heart. He's glorified you. What has God done? Now, that's the wrong question. What hasn't God done for us in the gospel? That's the right question. He's done everything. And you know what that makes Christianity? It makes our faith the only true thank you faith. The only true thank you religion. And I say only true because of the concept of grace that you just do not find in any of the other world religions that is unique to our faith, the concept of grace. The difference between religion and grace is this. Religion tries to earn God's favor by their effort and works, if that were possible. Whereas true faith says, I can't earn it as given as a gift. By what Jesus has done. And so that, I think, makes Christianity the only true thank you religion, the only true thank you faith, because of the gospel. You know, you don't, um, you don't thank your boss every time you get your pay each week, do you? I mean, it just goes into the bank account because you earned it. You worked hard, or at least you should have. You worked hard, you got your pay, and you, it's not like you went to your boss and said, I just want to say thanks. Thank you so much for paying me this week. You don't... But when your boss gives you a Christmas bonus, you do, don't you? When your boss gives you that $3,000 Christmas bonus, which wasn't deserved, which was uh, out of his own or her own goodwill, you go to your boss, thank you for that Christmas bonus. I'm going on a holiday, I'm going to, whatever. You know, Thank you, because that was a gift of grace. That's the difference between grace and religion. That's why I think Christianity is a thank you faith. That's why Paul in Romans 12 says, in view of God's mercy, in light of the gospel, all of what Jesus has done for you, therefore offer your bodies as living sacrifices to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, holy and pleasing to Him. When Jesus has rescued us from hell itself, how can we not say, God, my life is all of yours, my body, everything belongs to you? And it's more than just the praise that rolls off our lips our lives that are a sacrifice of praise to God. And so we ought to be a thankful people, should we not? Rejoicing in what God has done, praising Him for the gospel, praising Him for the gift of salvation and grace. You know, if if we're a thankless people, I think we've missed something. Significant, right? We are a thank you faith because of what God has done. But it's not just because of what God has done in salvation. I mean, God has been so good, so good, even just in the common grace that we experience every day. By virtue of the fact that he allowed you to be born here in Australia is God's grace to you. But you know, for some of us, we just struggle with thankfulness, don't we? For those of you who may have a certain personality disposition of pessimism, you find it hard to be thankful because as you see the job done, you think, well, the job wasn't done very well. So I'm not going to give thanks. Or for those of you who are, have a perfectionistic tendencies, and I have to admit that I, I do tend towards that, you struggle to give thanks because you think, well, the job wasn't done good enough. If it was perfect, then I would offer thanks. Or for those of you who are pe- perhaps proud and self-sufficient, you struggle to give thanks because you didn't really realize that you needed help. And so you don't offer thanks because you didn't think it was worth the, the, the help that came to, towards you. But you know what, a a personality disposition isn't good enough to have an excuse to be a thankless people without gratitude. We ought to be, as people of faith, the most thankful people on the face of the planet because of what Jesus has done for us. In fact, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul says this. He says, Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because this is the will of the Lord God. This is God's will. For you in, in Christ Jesus. It is God's will that you give thanks in all circumstances. We ought to be a thankful people. Colossians 2, verse 7 says that we ought to be overflowing with thankfulness, abundant thankfulness. That ought to mark us as a people. It is the fundamental, the core response, disposition to God because of the gospel. And that doesn't just mean for salvation. It means for every good gift that God gives. You know, every single thing you have has come from the hand of God. All of it. The job that you have is a gift of God. The house that you live in, the family that you have, even the natural talents and gifts that you've been born with are given to you by God. Your ability to be an amazing accountant or artist or business person, that's a gift that God has given you. It's all from God. I mean, even right now, the last breath that you just breathed, that was a gift from God. Everything you have is a gift. And so my question this morning is, does thankfulness mark our church? Does thankfulness mark your life? Are your prayers just filled with praise and thanks to God for what He has done and is doing in and through you? I hope they are. If you read... The, the examples of Paul's letters to the churches, what you see time and time again is the theme of thankfulness just permeating all of his prayer. I mean, Paul even thanks the churches that are messed up. He's so thankful for God's work in them, even though they're not perfect. And what church is in the end? I think anchor, and I believe we we are. I mean, I, I jumped on Facebook this week and looked at our, our Facebook um, group, that private group that we've got that's been running for six months. There are 107 mentions of the word thanks, thank you, or thankful in there in six months, which is about five a week, right? So we're we're a thankful church, which is great to see. And I know that many people, many people are saying thank you to people who serve. Thank you to the, the people who have looked after our kids. Does thankfulness mark our life? Does it mark our church? I think Anchor needs to be the place that has the same heart and attitude of the leper, who when God does something, we turn and we come back to God and we fall on our face and we worship Him. We say, Thank you, God, for what you have done. That ought to be our attitude. And so, what I want to do now, I mean, that, that's really it, sermon over. That's kind of it. I want to spend the rest of the time just saying thank you. Thank you to God, and thank you to the people here who call Anchor Home, who serve week in, week out in various ministries. And really, I probably haven't said thank you enough this year, and I want to get better at that next year at saying thank you to people. But I I, I want to take this opportunity now to just hit the pause button, reflect on the year that has been, and just say thank you. You know, we've got a vision here at Anchor. It is to see our city transformed by making disciples of Jesus to the glory of God. And we do that by living in community on mission for Jesus. And that would not happen if it were not for you. And the part that you have played in seeing that vision come to fruition. Like, anchor just wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you, the people. And that might seem like a really obvious statement. Yeah, if if it wasn't here, if we weren't all here, it wouldn't. But it's true. This church exists because you are here, because you show up and you use your gifts to bless people. You use your talents and your money to seek to serve our city and to seek to serve God's people. And so I I want to say thank you for that. I'm overwhelmingly thankful for what God has been doing in and through you this year. You know, the church ought to be a a people that are full of those who are contributors and not just consumers. There is a a stat that floats around amongst pastors that in any given church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work or 20% of the people do 80% of the giving And I don't believe that's true here at Anchor. I mean, if you just take the 42 people that were on the original launch team that started Anchor, every single one of those people had at least one job. I mean, most of them had more than one, right? But there was 100% of people doing all of them. Everyone had a job. No one does nothing here at Anchor. And so I'm so thankful for that. And we need to continue to be a church who is full of contributors and not just consumers. In Judges chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it says this, When the leaders lead and the people volunteer, bless the Lord. When the leaders lead and the people give of themselves, bless the Lord. And so I want to thank God for you and for your service. And I want to thank specific people right now. I want to thank our gospel community leaders. And most of them actually aren't here this morning. But we've got Brian and Brad and Steve and Greg and myself and uh, along with the uh, leaders in training and assistant leaders, we want to thank you guys and your families for opening your houses to have a church that is about community that's living on mission. You spiritually nurture the faith of people in this church. You're like shepherds and I want to thank you for your leadership and I think Brian is the only one here this morning but um, thank you gospel community leaders. I want to say thanks to our kids team, whos headed up by Beth and Michelle, along with Jess Hodge, who was offered some support in terms of curriculum, and all of the people involved in kids' ministry. Uh, to tell you a little story, a couple of weeks ago, when I wasn't preaching, I was looking after Judah, and I was sitting in the, the toddler's room. And uh, there were a couple of people on. I think it was Beth and M were on kids that morning, on toddlers that morning. And uh, there were three or four kids in there, and there's a book. And it's a book and it's just got animals in it, cow, dog, cat, it's nothing to do with Jesus. But Beth is in there so passionate about um, showing our young kids who Jesus is. And she's turned this book into a, a Jesus story time. She's like, God made the sheep and God made the, the cow and God made the dog and God made the cat and praise God. And I was, We are so, so blessed by the people who look after our kids. Thank you for loving our kids. The parents particularly want to say thanks that you nurture their faith, that you take time to prepare lessons. Jess is in there right now, and she's got all these bottle caps, and they're going to write the memory verse on there and play a game to learn the scriptures. We're so thankful. To be honest, I did not expect to have to have a kid's church straight away when we started Anchor, and then Brian and their family came along. We thought, we need to get busy figuring out kids' ministry, and we did, and so thank you for those of you who serve in that area. I want to thank our hospitality team, who was initially led by Beth Karras, who again is not here this morning, and has now been taken over by Lauren, who is not here either, but we just want to thank those two for their, their, um, their service and the team that serves in hospitality. Every Sunday morning, we have the most amazing morning teas. And I want to give you an example of why I think they're so amazing. We've um, got our, our Supporting Sending Church as a Multicultural Bible Ministry out at Rudy Hill. And we've got some of our brothers and sisters from there here this morning. And um, some of the key supporters, some of the, um, the leadership of that church, the lay leadership, come and visit every now and then. I'm not sure if they're checking in on me, if they just want to come and, and visit. But they come, they bring their families. And they've got Armenian background, and so they're wogs, and they love food. And, and they came, and uh, let me tell you, out, out west at my last church, they took food really seriously. Morning tea was amazing, and they came. And they said to me, this is the best morning tea we've ever had. And I was like, oh, that is a compliment. So to our hospitality team who put on the best morning tea at church ever, thank you guys for your service of that. I want to thank our welcome and follow-up teams our welcome team, who's headed up by Mike Roberts and, and his minions, who are so good at, at um, helping people here, and Ellen, who um, had to pull out of her follow-up duties earlier this year because of sickness and work. But I just want to thank you guys for your leadership and your teams. Where is Mike? Is he here? He's in Alaska. He's in Alaska that's right, gallivanting the globe. Um, so thank you to all of you who are on our, our welcome and our follow-up team, to be honest, it's been a crazy year to welcome and follow up the amount of people that have shown interest in joining Anchor. And for those of you who we've failed to welcome well, we want to apologize. But I want to share a story of one of our success stories of welcoming. I, I received an email from someone who's, who's quite new to our community and um, I bounced a couple of emails back and forth about how she found Sunday and and what she was thinking. And this is what she said to me. I'm just going to read a small portion of her email. She said, I've never felt so welcomed as I did when I turned up to Anchor last Sunday. I had about five people introduce themselves to me before I reached the door. This was a breath of fresh air. Thank you to those of you who have been the face of Jesus to people as they've walked in here. Smiled, said hey, and helped people feel like this is home. So we want to thank our welcome and follow-up teams. I want to thank our, our worship teams, headed up by uh, Steve Vassalo, who's playing guitar, and Dave, who's on sound this morning. Thank you, brothers, for your leadership of those bands and of that team. I have lost count of the amount of times that people have come up to me, emailed me, texted me to say, I was so blessed by the worship at Anchor this morning. Please thank the teams. And, and it's not just that they're good musicians, right? Because the performance might look great, but it's the heart behind it that is so evident that I love. And so I want to thank every single person who's been a part of leading us in praising and thanking our God. Thank you so much for using your gifts to bless. I want to thank our set design team headed up by Tara, who you can see the fruit of this morning. I mean, this place just looks incredible. So thank you, Tara and the team, for your tireless efforts, your creativity, your giftedness to make this place look beautiful and amazing. Um, I remember the morning we, we launched our, our church. We had about 330 people in this building. Many of you were here. And I was just standing at the doors there saying hey to people as they came in. And there were a number of people who, as they turned the corner and walked through the doors, just went, wow, this place looks amazing. And it does. And it's not, un- it's not a mistake, right? We take this seriously at Anchor. And it looked, we've, to be fair, we've copped some criticism over it, but it's important to us. Because we want to create a space that is comfortable, where people feel inspired to worship God. And so I just want to say a massive thank you to those of you who have been a part of Tara's set design team. Thank you, guys. I want to thank our production team, headed up by Brian and Steve and the number of people on that team. Most of you probably won't know what goes into production unless you're here early enough to see it happen. The guys get here at 745 Uh, In fact, I was a little bit late this morning and Dan was just sitting at the gate playing some music waiting for me. But the guys are here early and they set up all of the technical stuff that happens in this place. And I actually want to thank all of the people on this team individually. I'm not going to do it with any other team because these guys work really, really hard to make this happen, including hanging lights, patching lights, setting up sound gear, staging, all of this stuff is a massive logistical effort for our production team and they're small and they're here every week. But these guys aren't just here when their gospel community is rostered on for setup. They're here every week. So I want to thank Brian and Steve Carris and Dan Pandaleos and Tim Mercer and then some of the other guys who have been on sound, Dave, Ethan, um, Murray, Nathan, and Josh. I want to thank those guys who have served in, those, in that way. It's such a massive blessing. And thank the guys who have been on um, lights and presentation all of those guys, you guys work so hard, and none of this would happen without you. So, massive thank you to those guys. Yes. All right, I know this sounds like just a massive thank you speech, and it is. Sorry. So, I'm going to just keep going. I want to thank the design team. So, Brad Koneman looks after all of our visual communications, he's so gifted at it. And under him is our design team, headed up by Jace and I mean, you just see the quality of what Jace does week in, week out. So, thank you, Jace, and the team of people that work under Jace designing stuff. Let me just give you a quick story of how that ministry has been a blessing. When we um, were checking out spaces, possible spaces to to use as a church, we stumbled across this space, and we sent them a request to come and check the space out. And they admitted to us that they stalked us online before we'd met them, and they found our Facebook page and they saw all of the design work that Jace had done, and they said to us. Who's your marketing manager? Who's on your marketing team? We're like, we don't have a marketing team. We've just got wonderfully gifted individuals. And, and one of the reasons that we got a foot in the door in this space is that they were impressed by what they saw of Jace's design work. Isn't that a blessing? So just a little, you know, off to the side blessing that comes from someone who's used their gift to bless others. So thank you, Jace and the design team who've, who've done that. I want to thank Sam and the video team. Sam's so gifted in his use of creating amazing videos, and those guys who have helped film. And um, you know that most of the, the the most popular things that we post online are our videos. Get more hits and likes and interaction than anything else we post. And so, I just want to thank Sam and his amazing gifts. Where is Sam? Where are you, brother? He's lurking up the back on lights. Thank you, brother, for using your gifts in that way. I want to thank the social media team, again, headed up by Mike Roberts, who's gallivanting around Alaska. Lucky guy. But um, our social media team works really hard, very planned. Again, if you've seen it, you'll know this is something we're really intentional about. Um, Let me give you a quick story my cousin is um, she lives on Mauritius at Tropical Paradise really hard to live on Mauritius but she was born there as a missionary kid and so she lives there with her family and they've been invested in what is happening here at Anchor and she sent me an email just this week to say Matt can you please thank the social media team because we feel like we're a part of what's happening at Anchor we love seeing the videos we love seeing the pictures we love the fact that the sermons go up online Thank you for allowing us to be connected and partnered with what you're doing. And so thank you to those of you who are involved in the social media team. Isaac, who does all the posting and scheduling. Thank you to those guys. I want to thank our website team who is really made up of one person, Jack. Jack's worked on a massive six-month project. It was a a fairly intense project. It was expensive. And um, I just want to thank Jack for his massive hard work in getting that website live. So thank you, brother, for that. I want to thank our financial and operations teams. Um, ben and Dave for on our finance team. Honestly, um, we're in good hands when Ben and Dave are looking after finances. So thank you, brothers, for your, your constantly looking at numbers and figures and making sure that things are, are going well. I, I don't have a bone in my body that is gifted in terms of financial management. Hopefully, I'm accountable in that area and we've got some structures in place. But, but these guys are such a blessing to our church. And they have... Um, financially managed what was a a significant blessing to us this year. Thank you, brothers. Secondly, uh, operational level is Mim. Is Mim here this morning? There she is. Thank you, Mim, for being my PA. Now, I know a lot of you guys give me a hard time for having a PA. You think, how pretentious, Matt's got a PA. Um, Yes, I know. But can I just tell you, Mim is a massive blessing to me and to you guys, even though you may not notice it, and to my wife, because Mim helps me be organised. Let me give you a story of how MIM has been a blessing to, in fact. One of them was the week that we launched this church, the busiest, most stressful week of my life almost. Maybe that's an error for exaggeration. Busiest week of this year, I got hospital past an event to organize outside of Anchor, Anchor Responsibilities. And, um, and MIM just made it happen for me. Booked a venue, got caterers, made it happen. It wouldn't have happened if it was just left to me. Another story was um, a couple of months ago, I had to rush Judah to hospital with breathing difficulties for croup, and I had a lot on that day. I had a bunch of meetings. I had a newcomer's event that was was supposed to be organized that night. I made one phone call to Mim. I said, Mim, I'm in hospital. Sort this out, please. And she made lots of phone calls, sent lots of emails, and just made it happen that wouldn't have... I, I would sort of cancel everything if I was stuck in hospital and... So you guys may not realize it, and it might sound pretentious that I've got a PA, but Mim is a blessing to you as well. She makes me a more organized, better pastor. So thank you, Mim, for your hard work. I also want to thank three particular people um, who have been invested in Anchors Ministry probably more than any others, and that is Brian and Brad and Steve, and two of them who are not here. Steve's off to Hong Kong for Christmas, and, and Brad unfortunately has a stomach bug this morning. But I want to thank these three brothers for their hard work. Um, They have put in countless, countless hours, effort, time, energy, sweat, blood often to make this thing happen. And I I want to honor their service and I'm so thankful for them. I promise you, Anchor would not be where it is today without the hard work of these three guys. Steve has been a massive blessing in terms of uh, production Uh, We rocked in here and had no idea how to use lights and set up PA equipments, and Steve had a lot of gifts in this area. And so I know he's not here this morning, but uh, thanks, Steve, for his hard work in that area. Um, Brad um, has been involved with our gospel communities, and and, uh, by and large, all of our gospel community core values is something that Brad has spent a lot of time thinking through and working on. He's had some experience in this before coming to Anchor. And so he's led the way in that regard, and so the blessings that you experience because of the way our gospel communities have been structured have been, by and large, led uh, by Brad uh, along with our team, and so I want to thank Brad for that. He's led our visual communications team, he's got a communication degree and background, so he's so gifted in that area, and I want to thank him for that. As well as just his, if you work closely with Brad, and and Brian Brian will nod here, he's just so thoughtful and careful, and he's got such wonderful wisdom. And so where often Brian and I are just, we're 10 steps ahead. Brad pulls us back and says, "Now what about this? And what about this person? Have you thought about that? And we're like, ah, oh, yes, that's right. And so I love Brad for his thoughtfulness, his carefulness, and his wisdom in that regard. Uh, so I want to thank Brad as well. I want to thank Brian sitting down the front here. And, and honestly, sometimes I feel like Brian clocks in more hours in the week than I do. He has got a phenomenal capacity to just get stuff done Um, and I'm so thankful for his gifts in that area. Um, I want to thank Brian for um, overseeing so many of the teams at Anchor. He oversees more than anyone else does. Uh, I want to thank him for carrying a a significant, shouldering a significant amount of the load of um, partial care and preaching and leadership at Anchor. To, To have someone like Brian and Brad next to you as you plant a church is an incredible blessing and Anchor just would not be where we are today were it not for Brian and Brad as well as Steve. And so I just want to thank these guys. And I know one of them's only here, but let's show our appreciation and thank them for that. <laughs> but, you know, it's easy to overlook um, for other people who need to be thanked. And those are the wives of those uh, four men. So I just want to thank Bette Carris and Tara, and Catherine, who's not here, and Tash, who's in with the toddlers this morning, you guys sacrifice a lot of time with your husbands, and I just want to thank you, particularly on Sunday mornings. Most of you are widows because your husbands are here at 7.30, quarter to 8. And so thank you for the sacrifice you and your families make, particularly Tara who's sitting here. And just thank you for freeing your husbands to be so involved with their effort and hours. And thank you for that. You know, Brian Houston, pastor of Hillsong Church, who I'm sure you've heard of before, he has a very famous quote that goes like this. A great church is not built on the gifts of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And that is just as true for the international mega church as it is for the fresh new little church plant that started this year. A church, a great church, is not built on the, on the gifts of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And that is so true of what we've seen happening at Anchor. So I want to thank every single one of you who have served in any way, shape, or form this year. I'm so thankful for you. I'm also thankful to God for you. I want you to know that I thank God for each of you as I pray and and give thanks for what God has been doing in this church. But we also thank God for other things that he's done this year. And um, if you've been a part of this journey long enough, you'll know that there was a scary prospect last year when there was no money. And God has been abundantly generous to us as we stepped out in faith and asked that people would support us. And so I want to thank those of you who have been financially involved in this ministry, contributing to it because you call Anchor Home. And in fact, we've got some of our financial supporters here this morning as well. But I want to thank you for that as well. Our partners, NBM uh, at Rudy Hill, we are blown away by God's goodness and generosity to us. To be honest, I thought I would be stacking shelves at Woolworths part-time to make this happen. I was prepared to do it. We were committed. We felt called by God to plant this church, and we were doing it, whether the money was there or not. And we have seen God do abundantly more than all we asked or imagined in financial provision this year. And so I'm so thankful to those of you who have been a part of that. Thank you for that. We're also thankful for the provision of this building. Uh thankful for Pact and Tia, who, who manages this space. This is a great space to do our Sunday gatherings. And, and it's hard work to set this place up, but we love it and we're so thankful. We're not easy to work with at times, and um, but we're just so thankful for them for making this space available to us. But you know, the things that get me really excited and make me so thankful are the spiritual realities that I see happening here at Ankar. I love to see a deepening of the gospel in people's lives. It has been so wonderful to watch your journey this year as we see gospel lights turn on. Um, I've spoken to a number of people this year, and I've, I've got permission to tell other stories, but I haven't got permission to tell these ones, so I apologize in advance. But Nigel drove me home the other week, and he dropped me off at home, and he said to me, I just feel like I've grown so much this year at Anchor. Uh, Laura Buchanan, I don't know if Laura's here this morning, she'd said something to me this mo- uh, a few months ago. She said, I feel alive again. I just, this church has just blessed me so much. And it's just been so wonderful to see you grow and see God take you and, and move you from one degree of glory to the next. It's also been wonderful to see God exponentially move people from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And we've seen that happen a number of times, had the joy of baptizing a number of people. And so I'm just so thankful to God that He is at work here because if He is not at work, our labor is in vain. So all praise and glory and honor be to God for every good thing that He has done in our midst and through us and despite us in many circumstances. And so it seems to me that it is appropriate that we do that right now. We thank God. We, we praise God for what He has done. We're going to do that in worship in a second, but we're actually going to do that in prayer. And we've never done this before in this type of setting, but we're going to, we're going to pray together corporately. We're going to give you an opportunity to give thanks and praise to God for what He has done. So here's the deal with this time. Keep them short. We don't have time for five-minute long prayers. So just two or three-sentence thanks and praise prayers. Make sure you pray nice and loud so that everyone can hear you. Um, and, and just, just keep it nice and brief and short. We're gonna, I'm going to invite the band to come up. We're going to thank God and then we're going to respond in, in worship after that as well and praise Him. But uh, I'm going to kick us off. I'm going to close at the end. Please feel free to pray, to give thanks to God for what He's done and um, we're going to bless the Lord because when leaders lead and the people volunteer, bless the Lord. Let's pray, church. Let's give thanks and praise to God. Father God, we thank you. We thank you this morning because you are worthy. Everything that is good that has happened this year in our church is because you have done it. So thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father God, we give you all the glory and honor and praise that you deserve for every good thing that you have done. You are worthy, our Lord. We thank you. Thank you for what you have done in our midst, in our lives. And we know it's all for your glory. We praise your beautiful name this morning in the powerful name of Jesus. God's people said, Amen.